Father's Day, USA. First Father's Day was at Williams Memorial Methodist Episcopal Church, Fairmont, West Virginia, July the 5th, 1908. Uh, a lady went to the pastor there who was Dr. R. Thomas Webb and told him that she thought they should have something to honor fathers. And so that was the first Father's Day. And you that are from West Virginia, we've got some good West Virginia people in here this morning. Yeah, I'm, oh, we got some more. There's some more around here somewhere or another if you'd admit it. Come on. West Virginia is a beautiful state. So uh, you all started Father's Day for us, so thank you for it this morning. We'll say more about it later. But the uh, Lord has blessed us so much. Uh, I want you to remember this morning a, a, a lady, Missy Wood. Uh, Missy has got uh, cancer. She's not out of her 40s. Would everybody just say, God bless Missy? Prayer works. Prayer works. Don't it, Brother Jeff? You testified to that to me earlier today, that God had answered a prayer in your family. So thank the Lord for this. So prayer does work. Remember that this morning. It's hard to, uh, as I said, it's hard to separate uh, Father's Day from Mother's Day because if you're a good father, you need to be a good husband too. Well, wives, you missed a good chance. We ain't going to beat that horse around the post too many times. If you're going to be a good father, you also will be a good husband. And wives, you need good husbands, right? Thank you, Susie. You need good. Let me tell you about this good husband right here who was probably a father too. And I've, some of you have heard this. I've read it to you before, but I think it's worth it again. This guy wrote this. He said, Dear friends, it's important for men to remember that as women grow older, it becomes harder for them to maintain the same quality of housekeeping as they did when they were younger. When men notice this, they should try not to yell or become angry. Let me relate how I handled the situation. When I got laid off from my consulting job and took early retirement in March, it became necessary for Susan to get a full-time job both for the extra income and for the health benefits we needed. It was shortly after she started working that I noticed she was beginning to show her age. I usually get home from fishing and hunting about the same time that she gets home from work. Although she knows how hungry I am, she almost always says that she has to rest for half an hour before she starts supper. I try not to yell. Instead, I tell her to take her time and just wake me when she finally does get supper on the table. She used to do the dishes as soon as we finished eating. It's now not unusual for them to sit on the table for several hours after supper. I do what I can by reminding her several times each evening that they aren't cleaning themselves. I know she appreciates this as it does seem to help her get them done before she goes to bed. Now that she is older, she seems to tire so much more quickly. Our washer and dryer in the basement. Sometimes she says she just can't make another trip down those steps. I don't make a big issue of this. As long as she finishes up the laundry the next morning and the next evening, I'm willing to overlook it. Not only that, but unless I need something ironed to wear to the Monday Lodge meeting or to Wednesday's or Saturday's poker game club or Tuesday's or Thursday's bowling or something like that, I will tell her to wait till the next morning to do the ironing. 
This gives her a little more time to do some of the odds and end things like shampooing the dog and vacuuming and dusting. Also, if I have a really healthy, good day of fishing, this allows her to gut and scale the fish at a more leisurely pace. Susan is starting to complain a little occasionally. For example, she will say that it's difficult for her to find time to pay monthly bills on her lunch hour. In spite of her complaining, I continue to offer encouragement. I tell her to stretch it out over two or three days. That way she won't have to rush as much. I also remind her that missing lunch completely now and then won't hurt her any, if you know what I mean. When doing simple jobs, she seems to think she needs more rest periods. She had to take a break when she was only half finished mowing the yard. I try not to embarrass her when she needs these little rest breaks. I tell her to fix a big cold glass of freshly squeezed lemonade and sit for a while. And I tell her as long as she's making one for herself, she might as well make one for me. And I can take a break by the hammock so she can talk to me until I fall asleep in the hammock. I know that I probably look like a saint in the way that I support Susan on a daily basis. I'm not saying that the ability to show this much consideration is easy. Many men will find it difficult. Some will find it almost impossible. No one knows better than I how frustrating women can become as they get older. However, guys, even if you just yell at your wife a little less often because of this article, I will consider that writing it was worthwhile. Regards, your buddy, uh, Bob Daly, not Bob King. P.S. Bob's funeral was on Saturday, April the 25th. <laughs> on basis of this email that was sent to so many, Susan was acquitted of any wrongdoing. All charges against her were subsequently dropped. All right, men. I told you how to do it. If I do that, I better not go home. America today, and this will be different. I, I know that. I'm not trying to spring anything new. But this will be different. It's good to see you. If you're a visitor here this morning, there's somebody I can't call all your names because there's so many different ones, but it's good to see so many families in here today. God bless you for it. God bless you for it. I want to read a passage, a scripture right quick, found over in Luke's writing, uh, the 15th chapter. And I didn't give it to the boys in the, in the uh, booth up there. I'm sorry, but I'm in Luke 15. And I'm going to start reading a very familiar story. You know, every one of you know it in here, if you know anything about the Bible. But I want to read it right quick. Uh, start reading at uh, verse 11. And Jesus talking, and he said, A certain man had two sons. And the young of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son had gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have enough bread, have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, 
I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hearts, make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but he, he was yet a far way off, yet a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck, kissed him, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son, for this my son was dead, and is alive again, was lost, is found, and they began to be merry. And I'm going to stop there because you know this story very well. It is, it is sometimes uh, a little bit hard. I was talking to Brother Willie earlier this morning before Sunday school. It's a little bit more difficult to go through the Bible and to find a lot of righteous fathers and, uh, and, and talk about them than it is mothers. It seemed like the mothers were, were uh, mainly those that uh, they wrote about in, in the Bible. And this father stands out to me because he, he is almost to me an example of Jesus or God the Father, God the Son, either one. Because a lot of times we will go off the deep end and, and get where we shouldn't be, and we realize then all of a sudden that we need to come back to the Father's house. And this son, as he was coming back, or before he came back, after he had been feeding pigs and wanting to eat what they were eating, and that was the lowest job that a Jew could have, was to feed swine. But he was given that job, and he, he, he was so hungry he could eat the husk off the corn that the hogs were eating. But he said, my father has servants that are living better than I am. He said, I will arise and go to my father's house. What a statement. This morning, if we could just say that every once in a while, Brother Bob, I will arise and go back to my father's house because Many times we pull away just a little bit and get too far from the Lord and we have to come back to Him. But you know, when we are away from Him, I believe He is always looking over the horizon to see if we're going to come back, to see if we're going to do what the prodigal son did because He came back. And I will guarantee you that father looked every day for this son, hoping he would come back, but he had given him his part of his possession. Now, according to Deuteronomy, that would be only a third because he was the younger. The older would get the two-thirds if you go to Deuteronomy. Am I right? Uh, Where's my Bible scholars in here this morning? Under the law, he was to get one-third. The older brother get two-thirds. Now, uh, we sometimes get a little bit upset because somebody got more than we got, huh? Oh, it won't hurt me if, if I say something you believe, you can say amen. Yeah, I won't run from it. You know, I, I'll, I'll believe you. But Anyway, he had, a, he had a, 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 another brother. He had another brother, an older brother. Now, this older brother had been faithful to dad and it was worked in the fields. And he was out in the fields working. He heard all this noise. He comes running in to see what's happened. And here's the young brother, the little rascal that had run off and left everything and took a third of everything with him and took it all off and he comes back home and dad is honoring him. Giving him a big meal. Killed the fatted calf and made a big to-do. 
and, and, and they were eating and drinking and being merry and just having a, a great big son, a son of a time there uh, for this little son. And this one brother, he's all upset because somebody has come home. I could go somewhere with that, but I won't try to get too far into it. You know, there's some people in this world that just love to see somebody else fail. Don't want anybody to prosper. They'd like to see somebody else fail. But I can tell you one thing this morning. If we're going to have the spirit of forgiveness in us and the spirit of a true father, there is forgiveness in our hearts and we will forgive regardless of what happens and want everyone to prosper and be in health as the Bible says so. Now, the Lord is looking for people, I believe, that will stand up and be what they ought to be in this country. We are facing we are facing problems in the United States of America that I've never seen in my life. I think probably, get some junk out of my way. I think probably, I'm probably about the oldest one in here this morning, but I, I have seen things, well, Brother, brother uh, uh, Hensley over here might have me by a day or two anyway, but uh, it don't matter much when you get our age, five or six years don't matter anymore. You just, we're old and that's it. But I've never seen a time when this nation was in the condition that it's in today. Some of that is filtered within churches also. And we are, we are fighting a battle today in the United States of America that we have never fought before. We have, we have fathers that are deserting their children. We have them that... In my lifetime, even I knew of one that actually sold two of his children. I have seen all these things happen to people that claim to be fathers, and to me they're not. Just because you got a son doesn't mean that you're a father. We've got men in here this morning that probably don't have children of their own, but their wife does by another marriage. And they're as good a father to those children as they would if they were on their own biological children. And even better sometimes because that's why that situation exists. And so we, we need to be careful today where we are in this world because the Lord is looking for people that will stand up and serve Him and have enough backbone to be a father and take hold in that home and live the life of a father and act like a father. Now I'm going to tell you this, and you might want to put your fingers in your children's ears, but anyway, it's coming. If you're going to have the pleasure of fathering a son, be man enough and guts enough to stand up and be a father to that son, a daddy to that son, and raise him in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Don't... Don't have your few minutes of pleasure and forget about it and throw it on me or somebody else to raise them and support them. This nation is watering in pity this morning because somebody doesn't want to stand up and take credit for what they've created. And I'm not for that. Let me tell you right now, 42% of all births in the United States in 2016 were to unmarried women. 
You need me to go by that one again? That's including whites, blacks, and Hispanics. Combine them all together, and some of them are more than others in that group, but I won't break it down for you. But 42%, 42 out of every 1,000 of these children are born to unwed mothers. This is wrong. This is wrong. If you're going to do that, if you're going to have these kids, marry the woman and take care of the kids. Fathers, we are not playing this game of how many women we can go see and how many, and I know this is X-rated, so it'll probably never make the whatever, and I don't care if it don't. I'll get it off my heart and off my mind one way or the other, but I'm going to tell you one thing. The Lord is looking for mothers and fathers that will take care. He said, I want you to go forth and replenish the earth, and he didn't say for Bob and Danny to get married. Because two roosters can't make a chicken. <laughs> we are put here for purpose. We are put here for his own pleasure. He said we were created for his pleasure. Do you think he gets pleasure out of us denying him and running him down and, and doing everything we can against the word of God? No, a thousand times no. He is not going to put up with it. We as men and women claiming to be Christians, let's be what we claim to be and be a child of God and do the things he wants us to be, to do, brother. 63% of women between age 20 and 44. Do I need to spell that out or did you get it? 63% of the babies born between 20 and 44 in women are to unwed mothers. Would you say that's crazy? That's right. and That's sin. Thank you. We are not playing church. We are not playing Christians. We are not put here just to be what we want to be, but we are put here to be what he's created us to be. There's an old statistic, and I couldn't find it this morning. I had it somewhere or other. I couldn't find it this week, brother. Have it somewhere or another. I guess some of you pastors, preachers, you've got things that you can't find too, so you know, I ain't feel like a lone ranger. But anyway, there's an old statistic that, says if a family moves into a neighborhood or if a family in a neighborhood close to church or whatever and the children start coming to church with no parents, the children start coming to church, you have about a 4 or 5% chance of winning that entire family. If mama comes with those children to church, you're going to have something like a 20 or 27% chance of winning that family. If daddy comes with the wife and the children to church, you've got a 94% chance of winning that entire family. Digest it for a moment. Fathers, you are, you are, you are the one in the household that is responsible to lead your family to Jesus Christ. You are responsible for it. I am responsible for it. 
Lou Gehrig stood in Yankee Stadium several years ago and made a statement standing at home plate after he was about dead with what we now call Lou Gehrig's disease. He said, this day I feel like I am the luckiest man in the world. I don't believe in luck, but I can say one thing. This morning I feel like I am the most blessed father there is in this building because my family is all sitting here this morning serving the Lord, living for the Lord, and, I, and, and my wife and my children and, and the ones they married and, and, and all of them, they're here, they're children of God. I pray out of them, I appreciate them, but it's not all my fault. Yes, we did take them to church. Yes, we did try to train them up. Yes, we did do all of this. Yes, we did live with each other. Yes, we did... Oh boy, almost said we got married before we had them, but I didn't say that. But we just slipped, it didn't go by. Uh, whatever, but some way or another in all of this, by the grace of God and by keeping them to church, they're here today. I thank God for it. I've got a, a son-in-law back in. I really call him my son, and I've got a daughter-in-law, and I call him my daughter, and I've got a grandson-in-law, and he's my grandson. Robbie said something years ago. He didn't know I was going to preach on him this morning. He wouldn't have been here probably. He said something years ago that I won't forget, I'm sure. Summer is not his biological daughter. He just married Summer's mother. But he loves her like she was his own. Am I right? And she was going out when she was in school. She was going out one night with this boy to a prom or a date or something or other. Robbie really didn't like the looks of him. <clears throat> so Robbie gets him somewhere or another on the porch or somewhere and said, Now, I want to tell you this. Said her daddy is a funeral director. And he is. Gary Evans is a funeral director. And said her uncle is a funeral director. And that's Tim, my son. He's sitting back here. And said, her granddaddy is a funeral director also. That was me. And he said, we won't have any trouble disposing of the body. That's the only time that boy ever came to that house. Also heard him say if somebody hurt her or did something wrong to her, assaulted her, he'd probably spend the rest of his life in prison for it. Let me tell you something. There is such a thing as having enough love in our hearts and in our life that we would die for our families. Am I right, Brother Jeff? You'd do it. I know you would. We, we need men and women this morning, women as well, to stand up and be counted for the Lord. I was in a, I was in a meeting, overseers meeting several years ago, in Florida, and there was one of the overseers in this meeting. He is uh, from New York, and he also was teaching school up there because his pay was not what it should be. He said, I teach a rather large class in high school in New York City. He said, there is not one, one, everybody say one. There is not one child in my classroom that is living with their mother and father. 
there was one or the other or somebody else. Not one single kid in that classroom had both their parents in the home that they were living with. We have, we have a nation today that is capable of reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, some of these things have been going on since the beginning of time. It's not always been a man, his wife, and two kids, and they live together and live happily the rest of their lives, and they grow up together. It's not always been that way. I had something very interesting to happen in my family a few years ago. It's all right if you tell it on your own family, I guess. Somebody said, well, you're preaching on me, you're preaching on my family, you're doing this. Hey, I'm preaching on myself, you know, on my family too, so don't, don't get me wrong. But I, got a, I have a cousin in Roanoke, and he decides he's going to look up some of the family tree on the Murphy side. I've always been a little hesitant on that because sometimes you find monkeys in these trees. And he called me one night and said, hey, Wayne, I got a question. I said, okay. He said, uh, Grandma Murphy and great-grandma Murphy, he said, great-grandma Murphy, grandma, he said, uh, what was her husband's name? She had two children. He said, my grandmother and another one. He said, what was, what was her husband's name? And I hesitated for a moment, and I said, Weldon, I said, you may not find it. He said, what do you mean? I mean, this is back in the 1800s, way back. It's the year two before I was born. Way back. I said, I don't think you're going to find it. He said, what are you talking about? I said, she wasn't married. He said, even then it was going on? I said, even then it was going on. So, you know, I'm not throwing rocks somewhere. They're coming home too. It's in my family. But we have the chance this morning to shape up and change some things. We are in a position today to stand up for the Lord. I know we are being put in a minority in this nation, but I still believe that there's hope for the Christian world. If we will stand up as men and be what God ordained us to be and what he wants us to be and have the same spirit that this prodigal son's dad had, we will take people in and bless them and love them, and put our arms round about them, and wish them the best, and we can gain families. It'll work some way, somehow, it will work. The Lord is looking, the Lord is looking for people today, I fully believe, that will serve Him with all of their hearts. This prodigal son had taken all of his money, He'd taken everything, he's third of his inheritance, and he had wasted it. I don't know what the end of this would be. Uh, I, I need to ask some of you Bible scholars here to figure it out for me. But when that prodigal son came back home, broke as he could be, had nothing, when daddy died, wonder what happened to him then? You think brother had enough compassion on him with his two-thirds to help him out a little bit more? I don't know. We don't know. I don't have any idea what happened to him. But, you know, 
That's just one of those things that we have in the Bible. Jesus had enough compassion to bring us to him. If we hold grudges like the second son was doing, somebody said one time, if I have a grudge, if I have a grudge against Brother Smith back here, Brother Gary or somebody like that, it's like me drinking poison and hoping he'll die. You got that? If you're holding grudges in your heart, it's like me drink the poison or you drink the poison and hope the other person will die. It's not going to work that way. We might well get over it and go ahead and enjoy life and enjoy the blessings of God and what he will do. Yes, God has blessed us more this morning than we could ever imagine. He has given us a nation. And, and many of you sitting in here right now, you have children that you're proud of. Some of you are raising children. You're bringing them up. And I, and I pray this morning that, oh, yes, try to train them the best you possibly can. Don't expect it to be done over here in children's church. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Children's church can't do in 45 minutes on one Sunday what you need to do at home five, six, seven days a week. I say, Lord, help us this morning to have Christian homes. Has there ever been a time when you didn't want to go to church, but Daddy said, we're going to church? Anybody ever been there? Yeah, I see some heads nodding. Yeah, yeah. I see some hands going up. You didn't want to go, but Daddy said you'd go. And we went. I remember one night, one evening late, and this was when we was farming, and I was young, a teenager, and uh, we had wheat, a field of wheat, straight across the road from where uh, Sister Francis lives, in that big field over there. It had about 15 acres of wheat over there. And I'd been combining wheat all day. I was down to where that I, this was in this, naturally in the summertime, beautiful weather, but they were calling for rain thunderstorms that night. It was on a Wednesday. I liked about an hour maybe of being through combine in that field. Dad came up there. He said, time to get ready to go to church. We've got to milk go to church. I said, Daddy, I can finish here in, in about another hour. Clouds are going to come in tonight that say it's going to rain. He said, that's okay. We're going to church. If it rains, it rains. If it don't, it don't. We're going to church. He had the same philosophy if it was hay in the field. didn't matter. didn't matter. And I thank God for that. My dad taught me to do some things that I probably wouldn't have learned otherwise. I was working some the other day, and I told somebody, I said, my dad made me work twice as hard on Saturday evening. I think I told Robbie. I said, Daddy made me work twice as hard on Saturday as he did any other day in the week because he knew he wasn't going to work on Sunday. So he tried to get it all out of me on Saturday. And all the other boys in the neighborhood are running up and down the road with a dogwood pole they'd cut out of the woods and a string on it and a fish hook heading to the branch, wanting me to go with them. I couldn't go. I didn't know how to fish until I got grown. I didn't know where you got the things hardly. So, you know, I worked. I, I'm, not, I'm not apologizing for that, and I'm not sorry about that. I'm glad that it was, but I had respect for my daddy. I've seen kids say things to their daddy that I would have had to got up a week or two later. Went in from church one Sunday. I was about 16, 17 years old. Never went hungry in my life. 
I don't know what it is to be hungry. Well, except I stay hungry all the time until it. But I'm talking about real hunger. Haven't been hungry enough to eat corn shucks, I can tell you that at this point I was eating. When in church, Mama always had food, always something on the table. And she had, you know, some fried chicken there. And I wasn't much of a chicken eater in those days. And uh, she had maybe mashed potatoes, something else. Always had a plain cake. We call it a plain cake. Y'all call them what kind of cake? Well, I don't care whether it's a pound or two pounds, but it's a cake there. So I sat down to the table, and I'm sitting right here, and Daddy's sitting at the head of the table right here, and Mama's over here. And I looked at the food, and I said, is this all we got to eat? Wow. And I got up from the floor, chair went backwards, I got up from the floor in a few minutes, and that's the best looking food on that table you've ever seen in your life. You say, just give them a time out, they'll be, yeah, give them a time out. That ain't what Solomon said, send them to the room with an iPad and a computer and two or three televisions and headphones and all of this stuff and say you time out for an hour. My God, ain't that punishing them? It's going to take more than that. You've got to get their attention. You've got to get their attention. You say, are you for beating them to death? No, I'm not for physical abuse. Better than a millstone hang around your neck and you drown in the midst of the sea than to abuse one of these children or harm one of them. But there's a difference in draining, training children up. And husbands, you are to be the head of the house, and that doesn't mean... You are to be the boss of everything. Well, women, where are you now when I need you? Thank you. There needs to be some love between husband and wife that things can be worked out together. Christ does not slap the church down every time we disobey him. He loves us and we're his wife. Am I right or wrong? We're doing this together. He's talking about a husband and a wife, but he said, I'm talking about Christ and the church. He loves us. Men, he loves us. Be what you need to be to your wife this morning and you can have a home and raise your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It will work. It will work. We have drug dealers. We have people this morning sitting in jail because they didn't grow up in a Christian home. We have some that did grow up in a Christian home and still went astray. Yes, that happens. You can't always, you can't always make them. Jesus lost some. You can't always make people do what you want them to do. We have to do it by example and by doing the best we can for them that God will give us the grace. Men, don't do like this guy I read to you about. You might, uh, well, I want to go somewhere and I don't want to either. I really want to go home. We, uh, and I'm closing, Brother Charlie, I'm not going to, 
not going to punish them anymore. I think they've gone through enough. America is the greatest nation on earth. We have the greatest opportunity on earth. We have created some of the problems that we have. Just told a man yesterday at a funeral service that I had, and he had oxygen on him. And I said, Gary, when you get to heaven, you won't need the oxygen. And he looked at me, and he said, I brought it on myself. He said, I can't blame anybody but myself. Most of the problems we have, we created them ourselves. In closing, I'm going to say this, and I can dodge the rotten eggs and tomatoes that you throw if you want to. This has affected my family, and I suppose every family in here, and I hope you will take this in the same spirit that I'm giving it. Please. I do not believe, I do not believe that the Lord created and wanted us to have lives that both parents had to go out and work all the time and put their children here and yonder and everywhere. Um, don't Please don't fall over me. My wife worked a lot of our married life. She worked. I know that. But a lot of times when you put these two together in workplaces, it's caused a few divorces. It's caused a few unfaithfulness. It's caused some of these things. You say you want the women to stay barefoot and pregnant all the time? No. Not by a million miles am I saying that. But I say we need to to know how to balance If we're going to do this, we need to know how to balance what God has intended for us to do. And I say, God, bless America. God, bless his bride, his church. And help us as a part of this bride to do our part to be fathers, to be fathers, that your children could look up to and not be ashamed of. I was in in Bedford one time after I'd gotten about this much taller than my dad. He was about Brother Willie's height. And I was taller than my dad. And some guy walked up to me and he said, you done got bigger than your daddy. He can't whip you now, can he? And before I knew what I was hardly saying, I said, my daddy can whip me anytime he wants to. That's how much love and respect I have for him. And I believe he's waiting this morning, looking to see when I'm going to get to him. Would you stand with me? I know this has been different. I know this has been something that's hit us all. If you have anything, maybe you could throw on up there, Brother Charlie, to play. Uh, you don't have to, though. It don't, that, that's all right. Don't matter. Don't worry about it. Closing totally different. We're not doing what uh, you did for the mothers. Get them all up here and, and give them a rose. Uh, mothers, women are happy if you give them a rose and hug them. That's, they're happy. It won't work for men.
and there's not much you could buy for men. For this many and not go broke, we thought about getting a four-wheeler for everybody. <laughs> for all the men. Afraid we was going to run out of money before we got around to everybody, so we didn't do that. So Brother Charlie's got us a little something, and can you maybe put somebody at each door with, with these? You got them? You got them? You ahead of me. Got anybody over here? Oh, you want them all to go at the same way? You got somebody over here. Okay. I want to thank you again. There'll be no, be no service tonight. Thank you for being here this morning. I want us to close this in a prayer, please. Would you pray for the fathers this morning as, as, as we close out? Pray for the fathers in this country. You know, I, I'm not, I, I don't want you to think that what I've said this morning is down in all fathers. We've got some great fathers in this building today. Great fathers. But let's remember also that there's some out there that have caused some of you to have to pick up some slack somewhere or another. So God bless you this morning. Let us pray. Let us pray this morning. Brother King, would you lead us in prayer? All of us pray.